One thing I hate is small talk. I'm not good at it. I'm not good at small talk. I like to cut straight to the chase. And many of you would know that about me. I like to get right to the point. None of this little kind of chatter. What about you? Do you like small talk? Raise of hands who love small talk. Yeah, some people like small talk. I wonder if that's because to actually get into the deep talk, we need to actually talk about something which is trust, don't we? You don't just talk about the deep things going on in your life, those deep happenings, without having a measure of trust. And so sometimes it takes time and a relationship building up to actually move from a point of actually talking about the weather and how things are going and, yeah, I'm good, thanks, and actually uh, following through and actually talking about what's real, maybe what's good and what really is hurting inside of you as well. Talking about the most important things. The other thing that I've observed in my short lifetime today is that sometimes people leave talking about the most important things until it's the end, end of life. Maybe they're in hospital uh, and uh, you know they haven't got long to live and so they call in their family and they hammer out these things and sometimes they're really hard words that they say to their loved ones but the most important things just need to be stated plainly sometimes, don't they? So we wait until the end of life almost to actually speak those things uh, into the lives of our loved ones. And that can hurt sometimes. It can put us into a bit of shock and we think, well, why haven't we talked about this over our lifetime? And now all of a sudden, bam, here it is. The most important things laid out. What kind of things would you want your loved ones to know? And I'm talking about the really important things. What would you want them to know if you knew it was going to be the last chance you had to talk to them? It could send your mind going crazy, couldn't it? There's so many things to say. What's the most important thing? I bet it's not the weather or the state of origin though. I bet it's not that. Wouldn't you put all your cards on the table? Wouldn't you speak from the heart with passion? Poor old Moses was faced with that situation in Deuteronomy. I'm I'm preaching to you on a different text today. But he was faced with this situation in Deuteronomy. Maybe you remember that God had told Moses that he wouldn't be leading God's people into the promised land. He had to say goodbye to the people he loved so dearly, people he got frustrated with as he travelled together towards the land God had promised Israel's ancestors. And now he had to say farewell to the people these people that he'd interceded for and prayed for, standing between them and God and praying with such courage and perseverance as they travelled. And gee, they got into some really, really tough situations. And now here's Moses and he has to say goodbye. What was he going to say to these people? Was he going to go on with some small talk? I don't think so. This is his family. These were his people. And what he said mattered because they really mattered to him. He really put himself out there for them. And so God on that day breathed important words into Moses who then said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. 
impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Hear, Shema Yisrael, that's the Hebrew word. Hear, O Israel, is the way Moses began his farewells. One even greater than Moses also talked a lot about hearing. You heard it today in the Gospel reading. Jesus, who often said, He who has ears, let him hear. But how do we interpret someone telling us to hear something? What does it mean to us? Because when Moses said hear to the Hebrew people, they understood that to mean something different to just actually hearing and listening with our ears and maybe getting something into our head to think about. They actually heard the Hebrews as hearing listening, understanding, inwardly digesting, comprehending and then finally obeying, putting legs on what they'd heard. All in one word, hear. Hear, listen, understand, inwardly digest and obey. That's what hear means when you hear it in the Bible. Moses' words today make it clear that real hearing is never ever superficial. Real hearing always puts what is heard into practice. And so Jesus put it this way, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. And the rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. We don't want to be fools building on sand, do we? We don't want to be fools building on sand. We don't want to be people who hear from God himself and then say, okay, I've heard these amazing truths of God, but I'm not going to inwardly digest it. I'm not going to really listen with my heart. I'm not going to bother understanding and comprehending those things that challenge me or look too hard in the Bible. And obey, that's legalism. We're Lutherans. We live by grace. Yeah, we live by the grace of God. But that doesn't mean that we don't strive daily to live holy lives, to delight in living according to God's will and walking in his ways. And if you remember, that's exactly what we said we'd commit to in our prayer of confession this morning. We're called to live the faith we profess with our lips. That's walking with integrity. The other side of hearing from God and acting on it is knowing where your help comes from when things do come crashing down around you and that happens too. Knowing that Jesus is right with you, ready to speak those sweet words of forgiveness and comfort right into the situation that you find yourself faced with. 
And the hearing that I'm talking about is hearing the word of Jesus that comes from outside of you, not from within you, not from within your heart, not something you conjure up from inside, but that comes from outside of you. The word that goes to work on us and in us. The word that affects our whole being, not just with information, but applying that forgiveness and comfort personally and practically to our concrete situation that we're in. That's what it means to live by grace. Living by grace means behaving as you believe and receiving God's forgiving and comforting word daily. That's what living by grace looks like. It means that we're hearers of God's word who then put them into practice like Jesus said. Being wise and building upon a rock solid foundation. So hear, O people of God at Trinity Lutheran Church today, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. That's where Moses started his goodbyes. This is the most important thing that he starts with. And this word isn't asking you to do anything. It is God telling you something about himself. This is God saying, I am the only God, one God. You have choices in the world about whether you buy a Ford or a Holden or a Toyota or a Subaru or a Hyundai or whatever you want to drive. There are options whether you brush your teeth with Colgate toothpaste or McLean's or cruelty-free toothpaste that I found. That's up to you. But there is only one God. One God. Anything else is a sad second best to number one. An idol made by human hands that really doesn't deserve our attention, yet alone our worship. God is one. He is the one true God, robed in glory and majesty, and he knows it. He knows it. The second thing God is telling you about himself is that he is your God. Did you hear it? The Lord our God. Even without you choosing him, God the Father, Son and Holy Spirit says that he will be your God and you will be his people. He initiates the relationship. He puts himself out there, so to speak, where we can turn around and reject him. But God says, I will be your God. I will look after you. I'll give you everything you need to walk with me. I'll protect you. I'll nurture you. I'll make sure that ultimately you're okay regardless of the circumstances in your life. I won't leave you when you're alone. I won't leave you when you're hurting. I won't leave you, especially when you're dying. I'll be right there. In fact, I'll take all the hurt. I'll take all the rejection. I'll take all the tears and sickness. I'll take all of your anger. I'll carry all your burdens and your sin and your shame and I'll take it to the cross. And I'll do it because I am your God and you're my people and I love you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. When it's time for Moses to say goodbye, he begins with the most important thing with the one true God who from the beginning, 
puts himself out there and says, I will be your God with all the countless blessings that entails. God has been telling people this good news from the very beginning and he never stops. Which begs the question of us. Why is it that so many people wait until the end to share their faith in the Lord our God, the Lord who is one? Why on earth would we not passionately share this with all our heart, soul and strength before trouble strikes in life or we're facing death? Why is it that we choose small talk before choosing the most important thing? Are we afraid of offending people? Are we ashamed of the message? What are the barriers stopping us from keeping our faith in Jesus at the centre of our lives and the lives of our families and our friends? It's so sad. It's so sad that Christians, many Christians, not all Christians, but many Christians are scared to talk about Jesus or pray on the spot for a friend in need. It's so sad when households spend their time yelling at each other instead of speaking words of blessing into each other's lives. It's sad when Christians are so unsure of themselves or worried about what other people will think of their prayers and so they miss out on the ministry that God has given them, his gift of ministry. Friends, we're called to a much richer faith life than this. Please hear the word of the Lord. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you're sitting, when you're walking, when you're lying down, when you're getting up. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Put them on your forehead. Write them on the door frames and put them on your gates. That's some pretty serious, all-encompassing of life faith sharing, isn't it? It is. Is it time for us to raise the bar? Is this an opportunity to grow, to be stretched a little bit? Imagine the blessings of being part of a family and a part of a church where we connect in meaningful ways, sharing our faith together, digging deeper than small talk, where active listening takes place, where the word is central to our lives, where parents and children and friends and couples and small groups all pray for each other as soon as a need is identified, where we speak words of blessing over one another. We are the body of Christ, after all. We are the body of Christ. I want to say that you are part of that kind of community and this thing is happening amongst us. I've seen it. But there'll also be people here today who want to move beyond, who want to take the next step, 
who want to grow in their faith journey, who maybe get a little bit uncomfortable when I say these things and that's okay. People who want to make a fresh start and be stretched a little bit, well, here is your opportunity. As Head to the Heart kicks off tomorrow, confirmation ministry, I showed you the journal and inside that journal, these people who are going to be uh, involved in confirmation ministry are going to be living out this passage of Deuteronomy. They're going to be living it out together with each other and hopefully, I pray, in their homes and in their context where they are when they're not here at church. And it's an opportunity for us to connect again in meaningful ways here at Trinity and in our homes. And I'm inviting everybody today to be intentional about sharing the most important thing like that woman at the wedding yesterday while it is still today. I put a poster up on the back wall of the church to remind us all as we go out. It's the Faith Five. Can I see a show of hands please who, have, uh, who here has heard of the Faith Five? There's a sprinkling. There's a little sprinkling. Okay. Share Read, talk, pray, bless. Share, read, talk, pray, bless. Can you say it with me? Share, read, talk, pray, bless. Faith stands, it's an acronym because we love acronyms in the church. Faith, faith acts in the home. I don't care if you remember the acronym, just remember, share, read, talk, pray, bless. This is one way that families can impress the things of God upon their children and live out the promises they made when they brought their kids to be baptised. It's an opportunity to make Jesus the centre of your life together. Grandparents can do the same thing with their grandchildren. Friends and small groups can talk about the most important things whenever they gather together. Mentors can mentor with the Faith Five. Boyfriends and girlfriends, couples, married couples can all share the faith five together and be blessed richly through it. I'm going to use it whenever I gather together with the elected leaders that you elected at the AGM. We're going to start off as our devotional time, share, read, talk, pray, bless. That's how we're going to start off our meetings. We're going to share our highs and lows, the good and bad things about our day. We're going to read one or just a few verses of scripture and then talk briefly about how that word speaks to our highs and our lows. And do you know what that is? And what these kids at Confirmation are going to be learning and what you can learn as you uh, undertake this, that's theological reflection. And that's just a big word that means applying God's word to what's happening in your daily life, making it real, applying it, to the good stuff that's happening in your life and letting it speak into the tough things that are happening in your life as well. That's all that is. And then we're going to pray for each other. Just simple one sentence prayers about how that word speaks to our highs and lows, thanking God for it, thanking God for that person and then blessing one another. That's it. Honestly, the most important thing can take five minutes or it can take 30 minutes. You choose. But let's make a start. Share, read, talk, pray, bless. That's what the little uh, icons are up here that you'll see. The top one, highs and lows. Read, 
Okay? That's uh, a mouth. So that's talking about how the Bible verse relates to your highs and lows. Pray, the icon for prayer. And then the cross. Bless one another. It's for all of you today, not just for the confirmation kids, it's for all of us. It's about hearing the word of God like the Hebrew people heard Moses. Hearing, listening, inwardly digesting, understanding and then obeying, walking in the faith we profess. Faith in the one God who introduces himself as the Lord our God. The one and only God who comes second to none who continually opens up his word to nurture and sustain your faith, who went to the cross for you because he is your God and you are his people and who speaks words of blessing and forgiveness into your life. The most important things. And so today let's let Jesus have that last word and hear him how he intends. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and they beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. I reckon that's worth sharing with my loved ones. Do you? Amen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep our hearts and our minds safe in Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Saviour, the most important thing. Amen.